I'm Scott Chaloner and you are listening to the Leaders' Council podcast for the people who run the country and the people who keep the country running. As regular listeners of our programme will know very well, part of our mission here at the Leaders' Council is to bring you a variety of distinct perspectives on leadership and current affairs. And to this end, it is my pleasure to welcome Graham Hastings Evans, Chief Executive of NOCN Group, onto the show and not for the first time. Uh, Graham, pleasure having you back with us and thanks for joining. Yeah, thanks very much and uh, afternoon, everybody. Yes, good afternoon to all. And uh, for those listening in that might not be familiar with Graham and uh, NOCN, um, it is a UK-based and internationally operating skills charity, which works with employers to support them in upskilling their workforces. And the last time that Graham joined us on the show back in April 2022, we picked apart the current skills shortage, a very well-documented issue in the uh, the UK. And Graham shared with us that he wanted to see more emphasis and more value value placed back onto technical skills in order to help resolve that problem. Um, since then, uh, the government has unveiled a landmark piece of legislation outlining how it plans to address the skills shortage known as the Skills and Post-16 Education Act. And the Act intends to put industry back at the heart of skills provision to ensure that there is a sufficient talent pool coming through education that's going to be fit to do the jobs of the future and make sure we have those skills that we so sorely need. Um, while the Act means well, Graham, um, you've identified a couple of immediate pressing issues, so perhaps we could start by touching on what those issues are and why they need to be resolved. Uh, yes, I, I think there are a couple of issues that concern me about it, and I do welcome uh, quite a lot of the things that are in the, the Act and, and what the aims of, of the legislation. Um, I, I think uh, it, it's of concern that it's going to take so long to do some of this, 25, 26 um, I think it's too. It's going to take too long to do some of the changes. Uh, the changes aren't ambitious enough. Um, the changes are a bit too academic in in their thrust and are not aimed at enough at the practical technical skills uh, that industry re- requires. And that's a sort of a general thing. But I think the the massive great gap in in all of the thinking on the government um, is is to actually provide an operational workforce um, at what we lovingly call in education level two with a pathway to level three. There's very little in the Skills Act that actually will support replacing the dwindling operational workforce that we have in the country, in construction, in engineering, in manufacturing, even in hospitality, um, logistics, drivers, all sorts of all sorts of parts of the economy are crying out for this operational uh, uh, group uh, uh, jobs within the economy. And there's very little in the Skills Act on, on it at all. And there's very little talked about in anything that the government is doing. The government is uh, seems to have focused on what people used to call the missing middle, uh, which is middle management and professional technical level. Mm. And I, I, I completely do agree that we need to put some effort there, but not at the expense of not having an operational workforce. Um, y- y- they, they have to do both. And we need to see a much greater emphasis on ensuring that we've got a ready supply of people into that operational workforce and that we upskill that operational workforce or increase productivity and green skills and digitization. 
And let's just sort of emphasise the importance of that because I think it's some 11.2 million people. So we're talking around about 30% of jobs in the economy yeah. are below the level two that you talked about and yeah, with the essential are. pathways. Yeah. And yeah. Um, there is a workforce, an adult workforce out there of approximately sort of 32 million people that we're not necessarily focusing on enough. I mean, it seems to be that the act is focusing on education and the cohort of youngsters coming through. And they, every single year, plug about sort of 2% of the workforce. So by solely sort of focusing on them and not giving the pathways for the adults' workforce to retrain, um, it's going to take decades for the Act to really sort of scale up and make the progress that uh, that we need here, isn't it? Yes, it is. <clears throat> At this rate, it could take 50 years to upskill the workforce. Well, that's crazy, isn't it? That's that's crackers. Um, so we, we, we've got to do something more radical in terms of upgrading the existing uh, workforce. We can't just rely on youngsters coming in uh, to steadily and progressively improve the workforce and that is needed i think i think my my concern with the government and it's been happening over a number of decades now is that they they lash onto just one or maybe two things and they don't realize there's maybe six or seven areas that they've got to actually make progress on all at the same time uh, and they leave you know major chunks of the skills uh, agenda uh, go fallow uh, what because they then just focus on one or two of them and it's uh, it's critical that we actually do something about producing people into the operational workforce and produce and, and upskilling those millions of people that are already there um, and there's there's just no coherent strategy or plan uh, to do that unfortunately and it's it's not really allowed for in skills act yeah there's, what, there's, there's nothing yeah. there what it's lacking as well as a real coherent approach to funding, isn't it, that needs to happen? Because um, even if we're talking about sort of the uh, the young cohort here, there's a lot of praise being had for the apprenticeship levy, for instance, but it needs to be made more comprehensive, doesn't it? Um, we can't. Yeah, it does. yeah we, we're in a position there where, um, you know, businesses are praising it, but obviously there's still a lot of restrictions um, as to what they can do with it. Um, as well as that, Kickstart, a great scheme, received an awful amount of praise. Businesses were wondering um, yeah. where they were going to uh, to roll it out further. And then, of course, it ended up being wound down. So this yeah. is just an idea of sort of where, you know, we're falling short. I mean, there's um, there's some good ideas out there, but it just needs more coherent thinking and it needs to become more comprehensive. Yeah. Yeah, it needs a more comprehensive um, strategy to cover all of the needs of the economy, just not just little bits of it. Um, and it does need a coherence as to how the whole thing is going to be funded, be that from employers, individuals, or the government. There needs that coherence. The apprenticeship levy is good um, in some ways, but it's also very restrictive and very bureaucratic. So it it doesn't suit everybody. Um, It doesn't also because of the way it's been constructed and the way the apprenticeship standards have been constructed. It it is very difficult to change skills in uh, for for um, sustainability, green skills, digitisation. There is. there's no real efficient, effective method built into any of this policy that allows us to readily and easily upskill people and to change apprenticeship standards to meet changing needs. And we've got massive changing needs now because of sustainability net zero and linked to that improving productivity and uh, and linked to that making real use of all the new technologies. 
Yeah, and I'm glad that you mentioned that because uh, moreover, um, the needs of industry are to essentially make sure that we can transition to net zero and ensure that construction, engineering and manufacturing really capture the benefits of, you know, digitization and new technology to help get there. Um, achieving net zero in construction just to, to name but one of those three industries, it's going to require a seismic shift, isn't it? And there's, a, again, a lack of real recognition of that and how you know we're going to get to that point. Correct. Um, there is there is almost a naive... People talk about green skills, and uh, I, I, we're working in uh, construction and obviously engineering, manufacturing, and science and technology. All four of those areas need to work together in a very collaborative sense achieve net zero um, but when you talk to people um, they go I don't really know what green skills is other than it's a slogan mm. um, and if I'm going to train people I actually haven't got any tutors that know what green skills is so I, I haven't got the chicken let alone the egg yet so how are we going to do it so there's some big fundamental problems here and the government just doesn't seem to have got a, a, a grip on how big the problem is and therefore how to tackle it um, and we're we're in areas where we've lost nine percent of the workforce in the last two years b- between Brexit and COVID, um, and and we're going to struggle to sort of get that workforce back if we can ever get it back at a time when not only do we need those nine percent back, we probably need another twenty or thirty percent on top to b- build all the power stations, be they nuclear, wind, offshore, hydrogen, carbon capture, whatever you want to, you know, whatever you want, solar, and we just don't have the people, uh, and we don't ha- even have the apprenticeship standards or the training courses ready to put people on, or the people trained to deliver the training courses. In massive gaps, massive challenge. And do you think part of that? Um, do you think part of that problem, Graham, actually, is the fact that um, remuneration is also lacking? Because you've got the only skilled people who know how to work green technologies that are going to be so vital for the future. They're out yeah. there working in industry and earning very, very good salaries. So, where's the incentive for them to take a substantial pay cut to move into education and then teach those skills to the people who are going to be operating these technologies in the future? Yes, you're you're absolutely right. It comes back to investment and investment levels, and I don't think we. Pl- I don't think the government has truly thought through the, the actual challenge that it faces on skills in terms of achieving net zero. There's a lot of talk about building things, and and I know we need to build nuclear power for that station. Um, and I, I'm reminded of Boris's statement as he was leaving: we, we're going to build Sizewell C next, and we're going to do six others at the same time. It, we'll be lucky if we've got the workforce to build Sizewell C. Certainly not six others at the time. There's just not been the coherent understanding as to the scale of the skills problem that exists in terms of achieving net zero. There's a lot of talk about the technology and the science, and I've got every confidence that us as a country understand the technologies and the science. I've got the engineers and the scientists that understand it, probably not enough of them, but we haven't got the people that are then going to build these things. Um, and we, and there is that, that, that failure to understand that we need, need them and the scale of what we're going to need. And from that, therefore, this, the, the problem of, well, how are we going to get them? How are we going to train them? What have we got to, what have we got to pay to get somebody to train people on these new skills? Just it isn't just thought through. It's, um, and in fact, we live we live in a world where we might actually be having real cuts in 
in skills provision uh, within weeks. Um, so um, not, not the greatest of places. Uh, and, and, and it's just as it's another area where skills is not particularly thought through. There doesn't seem to be that skills priority uh, in, in the Department of Education, particularly. Um, Leveling up department has got its view on things. Bees has got its view on things. There isn't a coherency of, uh, of having a proper national skills strategy, uh, properly funded, properly designed, and properly moving forward. Yeah, so we need to see a coherent national skills strategy moving forward in order to really address this problem. But what sort of key elements does that strategy need to contain, sort of from your perspective? What is the government not doing that it really should be doing to kind of help this along? Right. I think, it, it, first of all, we need to think through what it is, how are we going to achieve net zero and how are we going to deal with the um, the impact of climate change because it isn't it is it won't, it won't be like flicking the light switch on or off um, we've got 20 years of dealing with the impact of climate change anyway increased flooding sewage on beaches all of those sorts of things predominantly the big areas around the skill sectors we need are civil engineering building advanced manufacturing and, and, and engineering as well as some science and technology and, and therefore the government needs to invest in those sectors and the skills in those sectors. And, and that's critical that we do that if we're actually going to try and attempt net zero. Must, must do that. But also, we need a, everybody needs an awareness uh, of, 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 uh, of, of what to do to create a sustainable economy. Uh, again, another priority. Again, not really thought through and not really there. Um, RT level curriculum is not is not designed for green skills our apprenticeship standards or all 700 that we've got not designed for green skills so they're going to have to start to make some radical changes to the curriculum um, of, of of everything they've got at the moment uh, which is which in itself is not a small task um, and they need to put all of that together as, as if it's it's one big massive project. Yes, how are we going to get there, and what skills are we going to need? Because there's certain sectors they must really, really concentrate on. If we're going to have houses that are that are better insulated, then we've got to be able to reconfigure 25 million houses. We need the pe- we need the products, we need the people, we need the science, we need people trained to do it and uh, and do it properly, not do it badly. So they need to be trained to do it. We need to do that right across the board in terms of building, you know, power stations, hydro, nuclear, wind, uh, hydrogen, whatever. Um, and we need to be able to do quite a lot around drought, around flooding, and around pollution on beaches and rivers. And, and all of those things need a certain set of skill sets. And it's a combination of that civil engineering, building, engineering, manufacturing, equipment, and science. And it's blended together. Uh, in in quite a coherent way, and at the moment we I just don't see that understanding amongst government that that's necessary, and nobody's therefore going. If I got to increase over the next five years the workforce in those areas by <laughs> let's say a third, well, well, where's the plan for that? It, it doesn't exist. There's not even an understanding that that's what we need to do, let alone a plan as to how to do it. 
I think we're a long way from first base on this one. And um, we work in India. India's already got 45 occupational apprenticeships uh, and, uh, and courses already set up for green, for green skills. The UK hasn't got any yet. So we are falling behind badly on skills uh, for net zero. And that's worrying, isn't it? Because the government wants to be hitting these targets by 2050, of course, and we need probably a workforce that is skilled enough to start to deliver it um, in the next eight years, don't we? So this is is really urgent. And obviously we've... um, We've acknowledged the lack of the uh, the government strategy there, but I guess what's going to be really, really important as well is some integrated and really joined up thinking between construction, engineering and manufacturing, as you've talked about, because we'll need people yeah. to build things. But obviously, they'll need to be sectors that are bringing forward the green materials for the construction yeah. sector to work yeah. and do what it needs to do. But um, there's kind of almost a bit of silo thinking there, isn't there? There's there's no real there harmony between the uh, the industries themselves. No, no, there, there isn't. There isn't that coherence because a nuclear power station consists of advanced, advanced engineering and manufacturing stuff uh, as well as loads of concrete <laughs> and steel. Uh, so you've got to blend these two things together. Actually stopping flooding on uh, on rivers and pollution on beaches involves a similar sort of mixture of advanced uh, engineering and manufacturing and civil engineering. So... Uh, it, it, we are talking about a multidisciplinary approach to actually a multi-sector approach to actually achieving this and that again is not is not particularly well thought through as to how that's going to work um, and you can start to see bits appearing but manufacturers going their own way you know, in, in the absence of any strategy you can see people think oh well, I'll do this on green <laughs> that's a good idea and it's all very piecemeal um, which is never never brilliant and uh, you know, I, I, I say eight, eight years is too long. We need to do something in the next five years <laughs> because we wanted to be world leaders and our scientists mm-hmm. and our technologists are, yes, um, but it's our ability to then deliver it and then uh, capture the commercial benefits of it worldwide. So having great science is one thing. Actually being able to do something with it is a completely different thing. Well, that's where we're falling down. It's all about the application, isn't it? And uh, we've talked already about the uh, the lack of people to go and teach the uh, the requisite skills, courses that are needed, and the fact that you know India has more out there than we have. Um, however, um, the content of these green skills courses, when they eventually are delivered, and hopefully they will be, is also going to be really important because we've talked about yeah. the fact that technical skills maybe haven't had as much emphasis as they've needed to on this program before and the key thing here is that when we're bringing these green skills courses to the fore they've got to have the technical competencies included it can't be all just sort of theory based there's got to be boots on the ground hands-on they've got to be learning the requisite skills yeah this is the product this is how you're going to put it in place and safely and correctly so it then performs in the way that we need it to perform yeah, it's uh, yes. They need to understand the theory. Yes, they need to understand that sort of thing. But it's the practical competency to actually then um, actually put it in place, and not only put it in place, but then maintain it and keep it going properly. And if yeah, we it's, it's, master this in the right way, there are a lot of opportunities, aren't there? Because it's not just going to be yeah. a case of oh, the UK is hitting its carbon goals. How wonderful! 
we're going to be addressing some serious challenges around levelling up and social mobility, aren't we? Because there are a lot of people yes, in left-behind communities where, as we modernise our economy, there are going to be opportunities sprouting up all over the country. Yes, and, and in fact, um, you know, there's a real opportunity here if we could garner all the efforts of the mayors and the leps and the local areas uh, and do this in a really coherent way. There could be a great benefit for, for communities across the country. It, you know, but again, we're not there. Uh, and having done that, we are, we're well advanced in some ways. Uh, we've got about 45% of our energy supplies from renewable sources, and, and that's much better than Europe and America, which are in the early 20s. And so, so we, you know, there's some really good things we've got on on, on green, uh, green skills and net zero, um, but it's not enough. And it's not in, done in such a way that we could then capitalise on that and become an exporter of how to do how to get to net zero. Here's the equipment. Let's sell it to you. Here's our expertise. Let's sell it to you. Um, in order to do that, you really got to deliver at home. <laughs> and, and we're not there. Renata, and if the Prime Minister, the yep. newly appointed Prime Minister, Liz Truss, um, has visions of the UK becoming a net energy exporter in future, we certainly do have a uh, very, very long way to go on that. And uh, yep. as we begin to plan for that future, um, over the uh, the sort of next 12 months, Graham, just before we wrap things up, um, what yep. is um, NOCN, your business, going to be focusing on? And um, what um, would you kind of like to see, certainly at the policy level, as we try and hope that this is going to sort of gain the traction that it so vitally needs? Well, at our level, we're, we're focusing on awareness training courses. We think those are important, yes. The more people are aware, the more they'll come round to understanding um, what needs to be done, and we think it, you know, we are in those early days, yes, of trying to say it's not a slogan called green. Actually, it's this sort of thing. Um, so that's a, clearly a priority for us, but also to develop practical courses, um, because how do we change the way we do things? Well, we'll we'll use different materials, yes, that are more sustainable. We will use new technology and ways of working that are more sustainable. We will recycle things and not waste so much. Um, so so there's some practical things that we're going to be concentrating on, small courses to make that start with the existing workforce. In policy terms, I'd like to see a quite a, a radical reshaping of the skill system so that it's clear how we are going to be able to add in um, sustain, sustainability and green skills uh, and, and digitization in a coherent way to the 700 and odd apprenticeships we've already got and the T-levels uh, and a recognition that we need more than that at level two and level three and we need that at level four and level five. So I'd like to see over the next year if somebody could design a better skills system, that would be quite an achievement. It certainly would be. And uh, let's see, of course, what happens on that front. And given that we yeah. are in a constant state of flux with this, it'd be a pleasure for me, Graham, to welcome you back onto the show again in future, just to see, you know, where we are with this, because it is critical that it, uh, that it is addressed. Yeah. Yes, it is. It, 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 it is. It's the most important thing that we can do now. Strong words, indeed. Yeah. 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 We can't ignore this any longer. Well, there are a plethora of issues that come with it, aren't there? There's the uh, there's there's the long-standing skills shortage. There's 
obviously losing out on our climate goals. There's the sort of economic situation that we're in at the moment, and this can get the economy moving. There are a lot of benefits to be had, and we're just not there capitalizing. Are. And and it's and it's 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 useful sometimes for a country to have a proper focus. And I think if we could use net zero as the focus, let's make sure everything drives in that particular way. It becomes easier. Um, if you could you get the country to focus, we've got to get to there. Let's get to there. And uh, we stand a chance of doing it. Exactly right. And like I say, when it comes to the policy level, everything's got to be pulling in the right direction as well. So yeah. let's see exactly what traction that we do get on that. And uh, for anybody listening in today as well, who, you know, may be interested by the issues that we've discussed and you want to find out more about sort of NOCN and its offerings, um, you can visit nocn.org.uk to find out more. And um, if you do have something to say on the issues that we have covered today, please do feel free to leave a comment with us at the Leaders Council. Um, you can do so via leaderscouncil.co.uk forward slash contact hyphen us and you two can even apply to be on the show and share your own perspective on this or any issue via leaderscouncil.co.uk forward slash apply as well um for now it's been an immense pleasure welcoming graham hasting evans from nocn to join us on the show again to talk through this key and critical issue and uh, graham do take care and uh, i'm sure we'll catch up on the show soon probably to address this yeah. and many more problems in future see you again cheers and to all listening into the programme, I've been your host as always on this episode of the Leaders' Council podcast, Scott Chaloner. And until we see each other again on the programme, please do take care and goodbye. <laughs>